Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Natch 20 Review. I'm Sinstaku. I'm your executive producer and host today. Uh, and with me today is Shadow Course. Hey, I'm Shadow Course. And Jack. Hey, guys, I'm Jack. And Aaron. Hey, I'm Aaron. Yep, and uh, so uh, we do not have Pookie or Units with us today. They were unable to play the StarCraft RPG with us, and so they are not. Uh, they they didn't feel like sitting in, and you know they, they we we did a one shot off recording a week or so ago. Uh, and Jack and Aaron and Cody were in it along with myself and Shadow Course is running it. Um, Cody could not join us today, so we just have the four of us all comfy cozy. So uh, today we're talking about the StarCraft RPG. Now, StarCraft RPG is a tabletop RPG, and like other tabletop RPGs that we've talked about previously, um, we are going to go a little bit light on the on the rules side of things. We'll fill in the gaps as we need. I'm just going to cover the basics of it. Uh, and it, um, for this, there are uh, supplements for all three of the StarCraft races. We're only talking about Terran. And to give a little background on StarCraft itself, StarCraft is the uh, one of the worlds created by Blizzard Entertainment, uh, the found, the creators of StarCraft, uh, StarCraft II, the Warcraft games, and World of Warcraft. Um, the in particular, the StarCraft game is their sort of sci-fi future, uh, alternate, you know, distant distant planets and worlds uh, setting. Um, and if you re- recall our review of the Warcraft RPG from uh, the past, it's similar to that. Uh, but using a different property in the same original company. Now, unlike uh, the previous uh, Warcraft RPG, this is an unlicensed fan uh, fan RPG setup. This is a free thing available freely on the uh, Game Designers website, which is uh, www.leovantgamedesign.com. Uh, and I will have a link to that in the show notes, uh, so you guys, if you want to go and check it out, you'll be able to do that. You can also just Google Leovant uh, StarCraft RPG, and you'll find it. Um to give you this, the the opening line on the website, uh, over the last few years, he has created a tabletop role-playing game for the StarCraft setting by Blizzard Entertainment, and he wants to share it with the world and the community uh, and let the project grow with the help of his fellow Terrans, his fellow human beings. Um, so on his website, he currently has available the complete StarCraft role-playing game core rulebook, which primarily focuses on Terrans, uh, the character sheet, a fillable character sheet, an alternate version of the character sheet, a talent reference document, uh, and five supple- or sorry, six supplements, uh, two Zerg, two Protoss, one Terran, and a Game Master's Guide. Um, and uh, these are... You know, we're going to talk about the quality of the PDFs a little bit, bearing in mind that it is a free document. But mostly what we're going to be talking about is our experiences playing it, specifically playing as Terrans uh, in, a, in, a, in a short Terran one-shot that we did. Um, so to give you a general overview of the game itself, it is a D20 system, uh, but it is a D20 system that only uses the D20. It's the only dice you roll, and, you only, and, and everything else in the game is a static number or a static target number. So... <laughs> Your character breakdown is that you have a number of abilities, and and the way the D twenty system works is, you've got a number of you've got uh, strength, instinct, agility, intelligence, and willpower. These are your set characteristic abilities, um, and those are going to be at a number. They all start at two and can increase either by spending points as you level up, or just at character gen, or from various background attributes. Um, you then have uh, prowess skills and adventuring skills, and these represent these represent your ability to do various actions. Uh, 
Prow- uh, prowess skills are things like weapon skills, using a rifle, using a pistol, and adventuring skills are things like climb- jumping, climbing, mm-hmm. running, swimming, etc. Um, to give you an idea of how the game works, uh, say my agility is at three, and my adventuring skill for athletics, or sorry, acrobatics, or sne- sneaking, or stealth, is also at three. I would add those two numbers together, which gives me a six. I would then roll a d20, add that six to whatever the result is, and try to beat a target number set by the GM or set by a static number on an opposing character sheet. Um, And that's basically how the entire game works. It's a single roll of d20 for just about everything you do, adding up various numbers from various places. Prowess skills are slightly different. Uh, Prowess skills do not add attributes to their numbers. They instead add the accuracy of whatever item or weapon you're trying to use. For example, if I'm using a pistol... Uh, I would add my pistol skill, which so let's say it's a three or a five. I'll say a pistol skill is a five. Um, and then adding the accuracy of the pistol. So if I have a plus two accuracy on my pistol, add those two together. I'm rolling a seven. Roll a d20 plus seven. Try to be the defense of my target, which is a derived stat from various places. Um, there are also talents. Uh, which uh, are sort of modifiers that can give you bonuses to your roles, can give you other special abilities, things like that. Um, The character generation uh, portion of the system is a point-by system. You start with a certain number of characteristic points, depending on what level of campaign you're playing, and you spend them on things like backgrounds, specializations, your abilities, your skills, such like that. Um, For instance... uh, uh, with, with Terrans, at least. It's different for Protoss and Zerg, but we're not really covering those right now uh, because the, sort of the core gameplay is focused around Terrans. Um, the, uh, you have a background which determines where your character is from and gives you a little, so it gives you a little idea of where you're from and what you're like, uh, what that world is like, um, and also gives you increased ability points, maybe some extra money. It might lose you some money, but give you more something else. Uh, and this sort of you know gives you sort of an idea of the flavor of your home world. Uh, then there are specializations that you can buy, uh, and those give you even more skills and sometimes equipment, sometimes extra abilities or extra talents and a special ability that sort of determines your kit. Your specialization is effectively your class for Terrans. Um, and then you know you can use those characters as to buy talents as well and such like that. Um, I think it's pretty much the game. Uh, there are a few other things, I think. Uh, Shadow Chorus, I th- think that's it. There's probably a couple other things, but you can learn most of this for free because it's all, literally, it's all free PDFs on on Neovant's website. So yep. anything that we missed, you can pick up pretty quick. Yep, and we might go back and reference it later. So first, let's talk about what we liked about the system, starting with uh, Shadow Chorus. <laughs> I am a huge Blizzard fan. I love all things that Blizzard makes. I love StarCraft, and this is a fan game that uh, immediately catches my heart because I do very much enjoy the StarCraft universe, and I've always wanted to play a D&D style, like a tabletop RPG uh, centered around StarCraft. So it immediately caught my attention when John showed it to me. So I obviously went through and read as much of the rule books as I could, and it it strikes me as really, really well put together for, especially for being a fan game. Like this is one guy building this with feedback from the community that that follows him. So it is a very well put together game. Um, there's a couple of things that uh, create balance issues, but it, it is constantly evolving 
as it's being developed. Um, and it does actually a really interesting job of striking the race balance of the Terran, Zerg, and Protoss across the actual tabletop system of how the three races are different and how you can play them and how they can interact with the rules. It's uh, actually a really interesting game to play. Yeah, I uh, I definitely uh, am right in the same boat. I've, I've always wanted to play with StarCraft. I actually, I, I like StarCraft better than WarCraft because it's sci-fi, and I'm a sci-fi guy. Um, but uh, but yeah, I definitely enjoy it too. Uh, Jack, what do you think about it? I really did enjoy uh, seeing somebody who's put forth the effort to take something that, let's face it, has an international fan base um, and put it into the player's hands especially it can be difficult to take an environment that is a very in its in its canon form is very uh large scope you know because starcraft is an rts game you're you're the player is commanding hundreds of units all at the same time and focusing that lens down to a single character where now you're in the boots of one individual and guiding them through whatever universe you're or setting your your dm has has made in the starcraft world so with that i feel like it did an excellent job of keeping a lot of faith with the base canon source material but putting that different spin on it um, to where all of a sudden, you know, now instead of a top-down view of an entire army, I get to be boots on the ground, carry my gun, ride my vulture bike, and just have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah, I I enjoy that feeling of, you know, going from this top-down view and sort of zooming in to a single soldier's perspective. Um, That is something that just sort of, it sort of clicks with me. It's a certain, certain sort of enjoyment I get from that. Um, what about you, Aaron? So I am not a long-term StarCraft fan. I have very little relationship to the franchise. So for me, it was very interesting to go into this with a group of people that generally know what's going on in this universe. And I think that the rule book did a very good job of striking the balance between giving me enough information that I can make a feasible character for the world and understand what I'm doing in the world without giving over information overload. Um, And that sort of balance for someone who wants to play, but doesn't have the background. Yeah. I I think, I think it's good that they, and it's something that the Warcraft RPG does as well. Um, It gives you enough information that you don't have to go back and, you know, bury yourself in lore from the source material to, to enjoy it. Um, and, and yeah, uh, very much for me, I, I, like I said earlier, I enjoy the focusing, sort of the narrowing of perspective to taking us from this, you know, godlike perspective down to the boots of the everyman. Um, I enjoy that it's, it's a very flexible system. Uh, in, in, I've talked about this previously, uh, in, in mm-hmm. other games and other systems, but I, I enjoy it when a game that I'm playing lets me do the things I want to do. Um, and, and, you know, uh, in some places it's a little bit roundabout in that way, but uh, I was able to make a melee-oriented tank character in a sci-fi ranged weapon-oriented setting. Uh, and I was effective in that. And that's something I think is important. And Cody made a strictly long-range character who was also, you know, also effective. Um, 
And, you know, that, that ability to go to two very opposite extremes is something that's difficult even in established settings. Like, uh, in, in, in some settings, you know, there are distinct advantages to being specifically ranged. There are distinct advantages to being specifically up close. And, and in, in, in certain systems, it's hard to strike that balance that I think this has with its static numbers. Yeah, the versatility of the system I really enjoyed as well because, um, you know, I'm for the one shot, I made a support character. I was the medic, you know, and while he had his combat capabilities, you know, you'd, <laughs> it would have probably been kind of dumb for me to not at least give him a sidearm. Um, the fact of the matter was I was effective, I was involved, and my character made a good contribution to the group beyond just being a heel bot as well. So there was, there was a lot of really cool stuff there. And I think that's, that's an earmark of a, of a well-crafted game. One where, you know, you've got different options other than combat monkeys. Yep. Did anyone else want to add anything to the end of that before we move on? I think that should be good. Uh, so now we're going to talk about uh, things that we don't like. Um, and again, starting with Shadow Core, something that you do don't particularly like about the system. So most of most of my issues with this system are in the books. And bear in mind, this is made by one guy, so there's bound to be issues. You know, um, there's a lot of these I've I've voiced to Leo Vant, uh, and he's expressed his interest in you know improving over time. It's like there's a there's a bunch of different issues with the the layout of the books. Is my biggest number one issue is that the books are not laid out in the best way. Like there's a lot of times when, especially during the one shot, when we had to check back for a rule, we had to bounce around and try and find where in the rule book something important was at. Uh, you know, it's like trying to find what. Uh, what does this stat do for me in regards to psionic powers? What does it do for me in regards to this specific situation? It's not always concise and all centered in one location in the book, so you've got to look for what you're trying to find, which is largely a case of one person trying to write an entire book. You know, it's easy to, it's easy to get lost and forget how much you know the system better than anyone else because you made it, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah Leovon is in dire need of an editor. Um, what about you, Jack? I would say, yeah, the, as far as the books go, the information density can be a little daunting. Um, you know, there's pages and pages and pages of the different specializations and trainings and different things like that. Um, some of the systems are a little bit weird, uh, especially how they sort of scale and tier the abilities with the whole, you know, novice journeyman, etc. thing. Uh, that was a little obscure for me to, to try and wade through. So you do have to take your time with the books. Um, that being said, if you're if you're willing to sit down and put in the time with the books, the information you need is there. It's just not always the easiest to find. I, I will say that you can take the information in pretty bite-sized chunks. Like, you can start off with just the stuff that's relevant to your character and try and learn that. Yeah, and which, which is true of most systems. Uh, was that it, Jack, or did you have anything else you wanted to add? Yeah, that was pretty much it as far as my... Um, my issues, I think, with the the organization and the layout went. Uh, Shadow Chorus covered that pretty well, um, but yeah, except for except for those issues with the actual books themselves, I felt like the the weaknesses and flaws of the system, while apparent, are fairly minor, honestly, and especially when you consider that this is basically just one guy just getting as much feedback as he can and trying to to 
manufacture an entire system from more or less scratch. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and Aaron. Uh, so in addition to what was kind of said about the books being a little disorganized, um, my only complaint was that occasionally because there were so many static numbers, the adding and subtracting of, okay, this does damage to me. It does this much damage just as is a static number. And how much does my armor prevent that? Did it hit? Um, there ended up being a lot of arithmetic, which isn't something I particularly enjoy, but isn't necessarily a flaw of the system, just not, not a feature I'm a huge fan of. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of small numbers that had to be added and subtracted at various degrees, and it, and it was constant because you were, you know, I add my weapon skill plus my accuracy subtracted by this uh, cover bonus, but adding my aim factor, and then I got hit. Okay, reduced by my ballistic armor, uh, and increase the damage dealt by the amount they hit over my defense. But you know, it's like there's a lot of there's a lot of various levels of math in this that could be streamlined. Is there anything else? I have one more thing after everyone else is done. If you want to do yours first, since talking. Well, Aaron, did you have anything else? No, that was, that was pretty much it. Wait, uh, shadow course, go ahead and do yours and we'll, we'll, we'll hop mine in after it. All right. So there is, I've actually played around with the other races aside from the Terrans. I've had some time to experiment with all this stuff. And there is a one pretty glaring issue with the racial balance that I've brought up to Lovant and he's talked about and he's like, he's still trying to figure out how to balance it, but it's something that he's working on. Um, Terrans start with gear and most of their power comes from their gear. Their attributes go up, their skills go up, they get new talents and abilities, but a lot of it comes from, their gear and occasionally their psychic powers if you're playing a psionic. Protoss, instead of having specializations, have classes. And these classes, every level, give them abilities. That said, they don't start off with a lot of with a lot of money to buy gear, and their gear doesn't factor in as heavily as Terran's gear does. What that means is a Terran will start out stronger than a Protoss in their initial setup if they're on the same level. But a Protoss will very rapidly grow in power until they eclipse the Terran almost entirely in terms of whatever they're supposed to do, whether it be combat or something outside of it. This means that Protoss very rapidly become beasts on the battlefield that are nigh insurmountable once they've gained a few levels and some okay equipment, whereas a Terran needs really good equipment to match out. And then Zerg have a whole other thing where their level means nothing. A Zerg, his power scale is entirely based on what they can eat, which means that a Zerg can become monstrous before anybody else, assuming a steady supply of biomass. So there's a little bit of balance issue in that regard that, honestly, I don't see how to fix at the moment, and I'm fairly certain that it will take some time of playing with Protoss and Zerg to really see how to fix it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so with me... Uh... My, we, we've talked before, uh, previously on, on other reviews, about redundant information. Um, and about how the re redundancy of information is important for a tabletop RPG. Or for any sort of tabletop game. Um, and there's not a whole lot of redundancy in the information in these books. And I think that's probably my biggest issue. 
Uh, if you want to know a specific rule, you have to find that specific rule, and it's not always in the place you expect. Um, normally in a book, in, in a book, in a layout, uh, in addition to having their own area where you can find information, uh, there is additional points where that information is referenced again and again and again and again. Um you know, like things like, you know, what does your armor value mean? What does these arm, what do these armor traits mean? What does this weapon trait mean? Uh, <clears throat> you know, how do psychic abilities work? For instance, uh, one I can think of right off the top of my head, um, the only place that it is referenced that you use, uh, that you use willpower for rolling your psychic abilities I think is under the willpower attribute description in the book rather than in the psychic powers section of the book where it's talking about actively using your psychic powers. Uh, you know, ideally there would be that information would be repeated there again and also would be repeated somewhere around the psychic specializations and then also again repeated in the Protoss book or in the Zerg book. Um, as you go through the various PDFs, uh, the 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 add-on PDFs expect you to have read and memorized the core book before going to them. They do not repeat any information whatsoever, which means you're juggling PDFs to try to answer a question. Um, there's a lot of information that's spoken once and forgotten about, uh, like for instance, what shift speed is, uh, you know, <clears throat> uh, and and what you know. Uh, Armor, like I, I, I touched on it earlier, but weapons and armors have weapons and armor have traits that affect what they do, and those are all listed in one category of armor and armor and weapon of, of item equipment traits. That's the only place they're listed. They're not listed again on items that say them. They're not listed again after the items later on or on the item upgrades that give them these traits. They are only listed one spot. Um, which can make it difficult again to find things, and then you know also echoing there is the the balancing issue between the the, the various races. But uh, Shadow Core has covered that. Uh, anybody else have anything they want to say on redundancy? No, I, I can definitely support that. Um, you know, because after we played our one shot and we're talking about possibly doing a a longer campaign sometime in the future, I was like, well, I'm playing a freaking Protoss. I don't care, you know. And so I started sifting through those, and you know, having having played a level one medic Terran scientist with absolutely no affiliation with psionics whatsoever, going through the Protoss handbook, I was like, wait, there's this whole Scion thing and i don't know anything about this and i kept going through the pdf looking for explanations and it took me about 10 minutes before i realized oh it's not even in this document i have to go back to the core and see what they've got there yep which which didn't make sense to me not only from a organizational information redundancy standpoint but also from a kind of a kind of a lore standpoint you know because <laughs> If, if you're a StarCraft fan, you know that the Terrans didn't invent psionics. That stuff sort of kind of originated with the Protoss, really. Um, and then just it spills over into other races. But so it, it, I think it would have made more sense that if it was going to be anywhere, you definitely would have wanted it in the Protoss book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's that that's an issue, and it's 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 not even not even even specific things like that. Uh, mm -hmm. char character gen information isn't in any of the other PDFs. 
Um, mm-hmm. There's no redundancy about what your attributes do. There's no redundancy about what sort of how many the amount of points you get on each level of difficulty. There's no uh, redundancy about how to make your character. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's that, I think that's a pretty big issue. Um, yeah. So does anybody else have anything they'd like to add to this section? I'm good. Okay. Good. All right. All right. Uh, so now let's talk about. We're going to talk a little bit about the materials. So again, it's a bunch of free PDFs online, and again, it's free. You can't really beat that price. Um, for what it is, you know, one guy worked on it. I think he's done a really good job. He desperately needs an editor and more people playing the system, which is part of the reason why we wanted to do the review, just to let people know that it exists and you know that it's it's pretty fun. Um, the, the, I think the biggest issue that I have with the PDFs is the lay, is not the not even the layout. It's the design of the individual PDF pages. Um, so the page is a white page or sort of an off-white page with a border, a whole bunch of black text, and then in the middle of the page is the logo for that book behind the text. Yeah, kind of watermarky. <laughs> it makes it so hard to read. <laughs> yeah i definitely i definitely think like to to improve that i would say like create a side margin and that's where you put the logo and all the watermark artwork is like on the side of the page and the main page is one flat color with text yeah, yeah the production design for the pdfs themselves could could definitely stand some improvement um you know and granted you know i think i think all of us are going to couch everything with you know yeah it has its problems but remember this is apparently one guy doing this all by himself you know so keep that as your expectations bar but yeah there are definitely improvements could be made on that sort of thing and and it only gets worse as you go to the other pdfs the protoss mm-hmm. pdf is yellow with black text and the it logo hurts. in the mm-hmm. background like it hurts your eyes the advanced terran one is red with black text the zerg one is purple with black text um like i think the zerg one's probably the easiest to read and that's still hard to read mm-hmm. um that's pretty much it though all it requires is a d20 and you know uh we played it in roll 20 so you know all, all you need is a d20 and the ability to see your character sheet uh yeah. Let's talk about the character sheet a little bit. There, the character sheet has room for improvement. Um, there's a lot of missing information spots on the character sheet, and I think uh, uh, Shadow Course Leovant said that this was his first draft. Still, yeah, Le- Leovant mentioned that this. The reason there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, areas that are missing on the character sheet. For instance, accuracy is not listed, nor is rending or things like that. And mm-hmm. I, I mentioned I mentioned to him, you know, if there's a thing that that directly affects combat and it's not a part of something else, it should probably be listed next to the weapons in that area. And his response was basically, yeah, um, I basically ran out of room when I was first building this character sheet. So my next pass, I'm going to go through with a smaller font and try and add more room for details like rending and arm- and armor penetration and stuff like that. Uh, armor penetration is there, but like rending and accuracy and stuff like that. And so basically it was a case of character sheets too small. I ran out of room. <laughs> I think, I think, well, yeah, and and that speaks to an issue with actually your design. Like, it's not that the character sheet's too small; it's that you designed it to be too cluttered, and and it definitely looks cluttered. Uh, um, there's no other word for it. When you look at this character sheet, there everything is crammed together as tight as it can be. Um, 
There's, and there's not really an intuitive flow per se in terms of the layout and where things are located, yeah. at least not from, from my first pass on it. Yeah. And, and then there's a second page, but the second page is full of more stuff that could have been like, could have been like, it's, it's re- repetition of things that are on the first page that could have just been left to the second page. Like mm-hmm. gear and talents have a spot on the first page. You could have, simply kept those entirely on the second page, made a third page for general notes or any sort of other extra stuff you need, and made the second page gear, talents, class. Yeah, features. like there's a there's there's a there's a general rule that I've come across for character sheets where I feel like two to three pages is generally optimum because first page is immediately relevant role-playing and combat stuff, stuff that you will use every time, all the time, every session, your attacks, your specific abilities, things that are always activated, your health, Mm -hmm. your stats, stuff like that. Second page, less relevant stuff, your equipment that doesn't always get used, you know, the, the, like the communicator that you've got in your back pocket, you know, the spells that aren't always relevant, the um, talents that are more subtle, and then third page is character notes and stuff that isn't related to the gameplay itself. Yeah, and also a place for like uh, if there's any sort of uh, if there's any sort of value system or uh, or um, like currency or character creation points or anything like that, they should have their own spots so you can keep track when you need them. Um, rather than like in this everything like currency and and honor and things like that are all at the bottom of the second page rather than at the top of the first page which is where you need it <clears throat> so. now i would say that i would say that currency can probably go on the equipment page which is the second page but it should probably definitely be near the top of that second page yeah with the equipment but the equipment page is the first page <laughs> <laughs> and also the second page <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you know it's 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 cluttered and not very well organized. It could definitely use somebody that's like a a graphic designer to take a whack at it, um, and sort of figure it out. Which they you know they they kind of did some with a, a person that voluntarily made a alternate character sheet, uh, and the alternate character sheet has it's a bit a little bit better laid out. You know it's got it's it's a single page first of all, which has all the relevant information. Uh, on it, including the accuracy bonus, range increments, capacity mags, etc. All the skills are listed off to the left. Uh, all the relevant attributes are at the top. And then there's just two sections at the bottom for talents and gear. Uh, it's a much better laid out... You know, this, is, this is clearly a character sheet that's been d- taken by a graphic designer and looked at. Um, has, a, has a big thing for crippled limbs, which I don't know is, if that's super relevant. It is. Um, crippling limbs is basically how you die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I read that section. It's it is one of those things with the redundancy. Okay. Yeah, basically, if you get hit and you drop to zero hit points, you don't immediately die. You take a crippling wound, and if you take too many crippling wounds, you die or lose a limb or whatever. Or limb. Yeah. If you, if but you, that's if you, okay because there's prosthetics. Yep. <laughs> if you lose your head or your torso, you die. Okay, so you can't get those replaced, but. Well, I'm sure you could probably get your torso replaced. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. So, like, the, the second character sheet is better. It's not 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 as good as it could be, but better. Um, it's a little bit hard to read because the font they chose to use is hard to read. <laughs> um, 
I'm not so down on the font because it is the StarCraft font. So I, I'm, I'm willing to forgive that because it is the StarCraft font. But the StarCraft it's font not, it's is hard horribly, to read. It's not horribly <laughs> hard to read. Like, it takes a minute to get used to it, but once you've gotten used to it, it's just another font in your eyes. Yeah, uh, so I, th- I think, is, does anybody else have anything they want to talk about uh, materials-wise, looking at the PDFs? Yeah, no, I'm pretty good on that. Um, you know, it's it's easy enough if you're willing to to wade through to find it, but you really have to invest the time because of the redundancy issues. Yep. All right, uh, so we'll go ahead and get on to our final opinions and review scores, starting with Shadow Course. Hey, um... I very much enjoy the system for all of its flaws. I can forgive most of them because, as we mentioned, it's one guy. Lilvant is doing a great job, and I want him to keep doing that great job and keep making this fantastic system. And um, he definitely needs more players for feedback and more feedback in general. People need to you know, let him know what they think should be improved, what should be done, and just give him support because he's doing this basically by himself. Um, I very much enjoy the system, and... Uh, with its flaws, I give it a B plus because it is very fun to play, very enjoyable. I definitely want to keep playing it. Uh, it's just a, it's those few flaws are the things that stop it from being an A or even an A plus in my eyes. Okay, uh, Jack. Yeah, um, as far as everything goes, it's a flexible system. You know, um, you can play pretty much any type of character as far as a role. Uh, purpose or uh, party functionality goes. Um, I like the the differences that they put between Zerg, Terran, and Protoss. You can definitely tell in the flavor that these are three distinct factions and races, even from their, in a sense, you know, their leveling mechanics, where the Terrans are gear-heavy. The Protoss pay for things not with currency, but with honor. And the Zerg, well, it's always just evolve, 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 you know? So I like that flavor that's been built into it. For one guy just doing this by himself, there's there's obviously an immense amount of work. Um, the improvements that are needed, we've mentioned, but you know, my hat is off to to Leavant for for putting this much effort into it. Um, I would say, I I go B B plus, yeah. All right, and Aaron. Um, so I really enjoyed the system, despite the sort of constant number juggling that comes with static number systems. And there is definitely a lot of work put in, even with the issues we mentioned about where things are and aren't. Um, And it definitely does do a good job of incorporating being in that world for someone who's not familiar with it. Um, I'd probably give it a B minus just because perhaps I'm a little less invested in this world. I find less of that connection, but it's still a game I'd want to play. All right. And uh, for me, yeah, fun game. The system is fun. It's easy to pick up once you sort of know how to read the PDFs, which I think is a really big issue. I think probably the biggest hurdle to playing this game is the documentation itself, which is a bad sign for any game. Um, and we, you know, previously on the National Training Review, we've talked about uh, how uh, the booklets of tabletop games or the, the game design itself can be very off-putting or can be a hurdle to overcome to enjoy a game, even if it's a really good game. Uh, and that, you know, that, that always costs in the final grading area and it costs in people's opinions because more often than not, when people recall uh, playing a game, the flaws stick out more than the things that went right. 
because when things go right, they just go right and you don't take note of them. But when something goes wrong, it sticks out in your mind and it becomes like a burr that you need to, you know, excise. Um, and even with all that said, I, I, you know, I give this game, I give this, uh, system a solid B straight down the line. Uh, it's fun. It's a system that I am very much want to see where it goes from here. And I hope that, you know, I hope that this helps Leo Vaughn. Uh, I hope, you know, I, I, I think, Shadow Course probably intends to send him a link to this when it goes up, because um, this is you know this is a good oh, amount absolutely. of yeah this is a good amount of feedback and, and I hope he takes it on board. I hope he doesn't I hope he doesn't you know give up or quit because it's a really good game. Uh, it's a really good system. I enjoy it. It just you know it it it's got issues and we're here to fix them. Uh, so yeah, uh, I think pretty you know B's all around. I think that's that's a pretty good score for 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 anybody to to boast. Um, we will probably revisit this uh, later on down the line after we've done a full campaign and we've played around with the Zerg and the Protoss a little bit more, just sort of checking them out and uh, and seeing where where some more of uh, the balance issues may lie and and if the game you know if if future updates drastically change how we feel about the game, we'll be sure to update you guys. Um, until then, uh, does anybody have any last points they want to make? Any last quick notes? Uh, if you like StarCraft, play this game. The only way the the only way this game improves is if people play it and give Lovant the feedback that he needs to keep making the game better. It's true. Yeah. And free stuff is always good. Um, and I've seen a lot of free stuff out there that is way worse than this. Um, and that people have eaten up. So you know, yeah, check out the website, download the stuff, try it with your friends, and. Let's we if we all jump on board, this can become a very, very cool fan sourced, fan created thing that we can all enjoy. Yep. Alright. So this has been the Nash 20 review for StarCraft RPG, and we have been Final Show Films. We produce a wide variety of content every day of the week. You can check us out at FinalShowFilms.com. You can also check us out on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash fsfilms. Uh, if you'd like to support us financially, you can do it there. Um, thank you to our $25 patrons, Chris Comfort and Andy Tonic, without whom we couldn't do all the things that we do. Uh, also, if you'd like to help, if you'd like to uh, donate to us financially, but you don't want to do it on a monthly basis, we do have a one-time donate button on our website at FinalShowFilms.com. You can check it out. Click that button. Give us some money. Give us some love. We appreciate it. Uh, yeah, and that's about it. So until next time, we will see you all later. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.